to episode 103 of the Red Seat Podcast. This is your host, Jake Devereaux, and today I am joined by Brian Joyner and Matt Collins to talk Red Sox. Guys, welcome back to the podcast. It's been uh, about a couple weeks, and uh, a few things have happened since then, so how, how are you guys doing? Very good. Very relaxed. I love the sound of you. Yeah, it's pretty nice, and um, unlike last year, where we waited for J.D. Martinez the whole winter it's not even winter yet and they signed Uvalde which is more of the pace of this year so not only do they win it all they sort of are wrapping up uh, some nice gifts way before Christmas like everybody else um, and we don't have to sit around and uh, fret about whether they're actually going to arrive yeah so you mentioned Eovaldi. Uh, we're all excited about that. We all wanted him to come back to the team. Uh, we talked about it last time we were on the podcast, and we kind of thought that he would get somewhere around four years, 50 to 60-ish. Uh, he ended up getting a four-year deal with uh, worth $67.5 million. Uh, I think it's a great deal for the Red Sox. What do you guys think about the signing? It's a... Uh... I mean, I'm pumped about it, and I don't. It's definitely not a bad deal. There are obviously downsides or potential downsides, but that's that's going to be true of any free agent uh, deal at this point in baseball. So, um, there's other than the health issues, there's no real reason to be worried about it. Um, and you look beyond this year. I mean, we've talked about this before, but Porcello and Sale come off the books. And they kind of just needed another starter that was going to be around for more than one year. So um, he helps them, obviously, this year, but also for the next few years. And worst case, if something does happen, he can't start anymore. We saw what he can do out of the bullpen if they need to push him into that role. I don't think anybody's really going to complain about that either. Yeah, I I think that the more interesting thing than whether it's good or not that they got Eovaldi because I think it's unquestionably good on almost every level. I saw a tweet and I can't remember who said it, but it, it was prominent in baseball circles that at least uh, I think I'm actually putting my spin on it here, but like at least it worked out that a guy who sacrificed his body for a team ended up getting the contract from that yeah. team. Because if if Uvalde was five years older and did the exact same thing, probably wouldn't have gotten. I'm not saying the same. Like, there's no telling that he would have gotten. Oh, yeah, I think. That's but I thought the, So I, th- so I thought that part w- that part of it was good, and it's also he's what they need. That's good. But I thought the most interesting question um, was when Chad Finn asked whether. Um, you'd rather have Eovaldi or Porcello long-term. Because I was sort of thinking along those lines when the Eovaldi stuff was happening, and um, Chad, who was wise, said he would, uh, if he had to pick one, even though it was slightly, even though it was close, he'd go Porcello. I would too. I would too. Um, And... I was wondering what you guys think, and I'm guessing that you don't agree, given what you just said. I don't know. It's kind of 
I mean, it's about safety versus risk. I mean, Porcello doesn't have Evaldi's upside. I definitely think Evaldi can be a lot better, and he's shown he has more upside. I know Porcello had uh, one season, but... No, um, but hold on. You said he had that one season, but then during the year this year, you're also talking about how good he is. It wasn't he is good, but he's season. like... At the end of the year, pretty much every year of his career, he's roughly an average pitcher who throws a lot of innings. So that's definitely not a bad thing. But Avaldi. But from has, the health as a skill standpoint. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's why it's so close. I don't I might go Porcello. I really don't know. I'd probably have to think about it a little more. My first instinct was Avaldi, but the more I think about it, I might go Porcello. Yeah. I would go Evaldi if they were like if they were the same age. When they were the same age. If you're They're projecting age, forward. They're like they a few months apart. Oh, uh, okay. I feel like Evaldi has been hurt so much that his he effectively is the same age. Yeah, um, he's actually, I think he's, yeah, he's a little bit younger. Right, exactly. So I like Porcello seems like an older pitcher. But um, if Porcello hadn't banked it, I wouldn't believe what he could have banked. I think Evaldi potentially could bank more than that, but it's just for anybody outside, like Chris Sale, that's just not like um, what Porcello did in the one good year, uh, I think is probably enough with being an innings eater in other seasons. Um, and I think maybe going forward as well, I'm not just going in the past, but obviously going forward is a much harder question than um, than the totality of it, given that Porcello did win the side. Yeah, I love Evaldi, but I would go Porcello there, and I don't have to think too, too much about it. I just think the durability of Porcello and what he can give you on a start-to-start basis, and for every bad start that you get from Porcello, you're going to get more good ones. Um, and when he's really good, he is exceptional. Are you, though? I think so. I mean, his ERA is the last three of the last four years: four twenty-eight, four sixty-five, and four ninety-two. I mean, he's he's like it's. I feel like he's got a good start for every bad start. At least it's pretty close. Being on the Red Sox helps because the bad starts he gets nailed very early, and then maybe they still win the game because they score so many runs. Yeah, um, I guess I just feel anecdotally, just just watching, you know, year after year, I just feel like. I see good Porcello more than I see bad Porcello. But I don't know if that's... I true. mean, he can pitch against the Yankees. We know that. David Price can't do that. What about Evaldi? That's like Evaldi's specialty. That's true. Evaldi, that they both can. So they both can. Well, they're yeah, both I, good. I mean, I wonder... Yeah, I don't know. I mean, this is... I think this is really close. Do you think that Porcello, when he's up after next year, do you think that he gets a similar deal? Or do you think he's going to get more money on the open market? I have no or idea. Less. I have no idea what's going to happen this year. I think less. Or, you think less? Or maybe the same amount of money for fewer years, but it wouldn't be from the start. I think he would get a pretty similar deal, but I mean, it's this year obviously means a whole yeah, lot. Yeah, huge. Like, what if. Right. If he puts up another. Yeah, if it's 2016 again, he's going to blow this deal out of the water. But if it's 2015 again, he's going to get less. So I don't know. I think that the and I think that the most likely I feel like last year was actually like the most representative. So yeah, that was like right in the middle of everything. 
So right. I think he might get more just because of durability. I don't think he'll have any of the questions. And I think you guys are right on with the fact that Eovaldi has massive upside, but Porcello is just as rock solid as it gets. See, I don't agree with that either. Like, he's you're getting a lot of starts, but other than that, I don't think I never know what I'm getting out of Rick Porcello when he's taking the mound. But I know he's probably going to give up like two home runs, but I don't know if they're going to be solo home runs or. But I mean, look, I, I think that there's different ways to define rock solid, and that's just a semantic. Because, as you said, Matt, he's going to pitch. Like, the guy is going to come out there. I'm just not sure have, innings are as valuable as they used to be. I think the exact opposite is true. I agree with Brian. I think this day and age, innings are more valuable than ever before. I think if you're really good, innings are valuable. If you're Rick Porcello, I think they're good to have, but I don't know if they're like this asset you can't lose. The cool thing would be if they could like, if and it, and who's to say they're not doing this? But like, if you move to more fluid pitching situations, at least I mean with Porcello, especially this is just anecdotal. Like, you know when that guy has it, it it's not subtle. Um, maybe the whole operation moves to something where if a guy doesn't has it, he's out before that ERA gets pumped up. Um, and you have a six-inning guy ready to go. Uh, short of that happening, we're going to have to ride out the bad Porcello start, which happened. But I don't preclude that happening, and the only reason I don't is that the opener idea wasn't even in existence at this time last year. And now it's prevalent. So things can change. If if Porcello was to figure out how to limit home runs a little bit better, he would be almost the perfect pitcher. If you look oh, at what be he's amazing, done over I mean, the a, last three years, gift, though, though, sure, it's but, a big gift. But everyone but like, gives up home. The guy strikes out, you know, about eight, eight and a half uh, guys per nine. Doesn't walk anyone. Has a super solid K minus walk rate. Gets ground balls, which he's started to do again this past year. Limit contact. I mean, he, he has I mean, amazing like, hair. That's like me saying if Evaldi throws 190 innings, it would be awesome. I mean, it's just Porcello gives up home runs. And it's he's fine. very he's, right. It's very correct. And he's he's generally like I said, like he's fine. He's usually like an average pitcher, which is fine. But I mean, you can't just say if he doesn't give up home runs because he he just does. That's his style of pitching. But isn't he inherently not average? Like if you look at what he's done over the last three seasons. Let's see, even say four seasons, he's been above average. He's been better than your league average pitcher for sure. By what? By war, by ERA. It depends what war. I mean, I look, I use baseball perspectives for pitching, mm-hmm. and his war with the Red Sox is one, five point one, one point seven, two point eight. I mean, that comes out around average if you say average is about two wins. Actually, I can figure out exactly what it is right now. The typing. Well, either way, uh, what was Eovaldi's last year for the Red Sox on on baseball prospectus? Because I want to use the same metric with those guys. Uh, for the Red Sox? Yeah. Let's see. I mean, it was 54 innings and 1.3 wins. Okay. So that's pretty solid for hey, 54 hey, And I want to be clear. I don't think Eovaldi is going to be – what he was with the Red Sox. Zavaldi gives up home runs too. He didn't with the Red Sox, but 
he did with the Rays, and he eh, actually he's been kind of in the middle of his career. He throws it too hard, um, and with like, if he had more movement on his pitches, uh, you know, he'd be Max Scherzer. Um, so he's going to give up home runs simply by virtue of the issue with the as hard as he does and as straight as he does occasionally. The issue with Evaldi, just looking at his numbers, is like his numbers from before this year are from so long ago that it's like it was like a different game in 2015, 2014. Like the home runs just weren't there like they are now. So I have no idea how to look at his old numbers. Also, he didn't have that filthy cutter either. Yeah, he's a totally different pitcher. So I don't know. I I'm not even saying like to get back to the original question. I'm definitely not saying I would in a heartbeat take Evaldi over Porcello. I don't think I would take either of them. In a heartbeat, I just think it's really close either way. It's a great thought experiment. It is. I really hear. Is. I didn't see him ask that question. I would actually love to see both of these. Well, I'm, I know obviously we already have Uvalde locked up, but I would like to see them re-sign Porcello as well. I don't think it's going to happen. No. No, I think. I mean, I, I think, think Porcello is just going to go where the money takes him. Yeah. I just don't, yeah, I don't think the Red Sox are going to make him a priority just because they have so many other guys that they got to worry about. Yeah, he's from SoCal, right? Sale. He's from SoCal? Uh, Porcello on the Dodgers, just throwing innings? I can see that. Or the Padres? I was Padres, Padres. Padres. No, he's from New Jersey. Yeah, he is, oh, he's a Jersey he's boy. He's from Jersey. That's right. That's right. That's right. Maybe, maybe he'll be on the field. I was confusing Jersey with Orange County trash. All right. <laughs> Same. Sorry, everybody. Sorry. I hope nobody listening is from Jersey or Orange County. Probably not. All right, so the winter meetings start on Monday. Uh, the Red Sox expect to be active in the reliever market. Uh, one note on that, John Heyman is reporting that the Red Sox have lots of interest in Adam Ottavino as well as David Robertson. Um, those are two names I really like. What do you guys think about those two dudes as primary targets for the Red Sox? The weird thing is, from my house right here, I can see this thing. It's growing, and it's your Ottavino boner. And it is, <laughs> it is, I am in New York, and you're in Boston, and I can see it, which, congrats to your wife, but my God. Yeah. You really want Adam Ottavino. I really You really do. want him. It would be the perfect offseason if... Because two of the things I really wanted to happen, Pierce and Ivaldi signing, and then if Ottavino signs, I'll be a happy man. Other of Robertson, but I mean, I do like Ottavino. Either one would be, I mean, they're both very good. Lots of to sign two guys, but I kind of want Soria to be the second guy the more I look at it. Why don't they just sign both of these guys, Ottavino and Robertson? I kind of feel, I mean, I definitely wouldn't complain, but uh, I feel like they're going to get somebody... One of Kimbrel, Robertson, or Ottavino, and then kind of get another guy who's a little bit lower tiered. That's just total guess, and I think that's kind of what I would do, so that's why I'm guessing that. Uh, so I have some interesting – I've been doing some deep diving on Ottavino, which is going to make Brian really? very happy. You have? I have. I have. So I have some I things can't. to report. So let's, listen to my, my, uh, my sleuthing that I've been doing. So last year, um, he had his lowest Z contact rate of his career, basically because he had better command of both of his fastball and his slider. That's my favorite stat, by the way, for pitchers. Z contact? Yeah, I yeah. think that's nothing says more about somebody's stuff than if they're making guys miss in the zone. 
Yeah, so he was doing that at a better rate than he's ever done in his life. And I don't know if either of you guys read this article, but there was an article basically in the middle of the year talking about Ottavino's transformation. And he rented out a space. Uh, it was an old department store. And apparently his father-in-law is like a real estate mogul or something like that. And there was an empty store in the middle of New York City. And he like blacked out all the windows and rented out this space and turned it into a pitching lab and basically bought all of these like high tech cameras that teams use and analyzed his own spin rate and basically learned how to throw uh, his fastball and slider better as well as a cutter that he didn't have before. And so he transformed himself completely um, and basically added more horizontal movement to his slider, had better command. Um, and most importantly, I think, uh, before this year, he had a 274 uh, batting average against against lefties. So that was the big knock on him, which was he can't, couldn't get lefties out. But last year, that batting average against was 179 versus lefties. So uh, Yeah, but what was that sample? Well, I mean, it was a full year sample size. You know, that's still well, a huge drop. Yeah. Is it better or worse than Joe Kelly? It's probably better. Because that's really the question, um, or a question. Because if Joe Kelly doesn't come back, who's pitching the left? Outside of my dude, Bobby Pointer. Their dream would be Tyler Thornberg. Not that I would ever count on it, but that would be like because he's that's his, that was his thing too. Is he was great against lefties, but he also hasn't been good in like three years. Yeah, I just thought it was very interesting that he is basically the best version of himself at 33 and heading into this offseason. He's also kind of a monster. I didn't realize how big he was. He's 6'5", yeah, 220. You're talking about Adovino? Yeah. And these numbers he put up were on the Rockies. Right. I don't know if you know this. Rockies pitchers tend to get lit up. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, There's being... something that's scares me about Ottavino. What is it? I don't I don't know. I mean, I feel like... Too many vowels. I feel like I might be just pushing against you, and now I'm just kind of getting sucked into it. <laughs> you've you've committed to this gambit of... Uh, I honestly I honestly think it? that's it. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. I mean, the arm issues in the past, his walk issues... I'd, just, I'd rather just get Kimbrough, to be honest with you. But, oh, come on, man. He's got better stuff right now. At least he no. can locate it better. I, don't, I just I feel like we've gone so far in the other direction on Kimbrough. Like Kimbrough's still one of the best relievers in baseball, without you, a question. You do realize that every single beat writer for the Red Sox is talking about Kimbrough like he's already packed up and moved. Yeah, that's fine. Like it doesn't. That's that's fine. I that doesn't mean that I can't want him back. Sure, but there's just no realistic way that this team is going to pay him what I he still wants. Don't, I still don't buy it. But I don't even think they're a player. Maybe. I mean, I... They crush a lot. <laughs> I think he's going to be really good next year. I think you talk a couple of years down the road, that's definitely a bigger question, but I think he's going to come back like a monster next year. Yeah, probably. But, I mean, Ottavino's good. Don't get me wrong. I wouldn't complain if they got him. This stuff is unbelievable. But uh, I guess between Ottavino and Robertson, I'd go Robertson, but it's not anything too significant. When Kimbrell is stupid... He's on nobody's him. better than when he's at his best. Agreed. He owns the two single best reliever seasons ever. Arguably. Yeah, probably. I don't. Maybe Rivera had a better one in there. I don't know. 
but yeah, I mean, he's at least up there. Yeah. Well, based on some research I was doing for an article, it seemed like he he pretty much had a top two top ten seasons uh, of all time in 2012 and 2017. So he was right up there with basically the best guys, and he was significantly better in those two seasons than Edwin Diaz was last year, and Edwin Diaz had a top ten season of all time for a reliever last year. So that's that's pretty special. Yeah, I mean, he's Kimbrough's a Hall of Famer. We, I've made my, I'm now the Craig Kimbrough defender, and I'm not sure I'm ready for that role, but it's here. Yeah, it's it's been here for a little while now. <laughs> um, all right. So aside from relievers, uh, we probably expect them to be shopping one or more of their catchers. I don't. You don't. Not right now. Okay. I mean, they. I think they'll probably put out some feelers and see if anybody like wants to go nuts for like Swihart or something. But I think they would. I think the smarter play would be to just hold on to them, at least like halfway through spring training, and just make sure nobody gets hurt or anything or comes into camp weirdly out of shape or something like that. Because um, it's hard to find a third catcher, so I guess you kind of just want to make sure that you are comfortable with two guys before you get rid of the other one. Yeah, especially when you have to do things like signing Juan Centeno. Yeah. Know, for for minor league depth, you have nothing in the minor. Dan leagues. Butler's gone. Right. Uh, do you guys expect anything unexpected at these winter meetings, or is it just simply going to be trying to find relievers? Can you really expect something unexpected? No, unknowns. <laughs> uh, no, I don't. I mean, it's Dombrowski, so you anything can happen. Dombrowski does what you think he's Yeah, that's fair. He actually does go after the big targets. But no, I mean, I said last time that they should go after Syndergaard, and I feel like if he was made available, Dombrowski would at least like make a call about it, but I don't think he's going to be available. So no, the Red Sox are probably going to take it easy, just wait out the reliever market and see what happens there. Do you guys expect any one team to go crazy at the uh, winter meetings? I kind of Phillies, think Phillies. if any, but Phillies or yeah. Dodgers. Phillies are the obvious choice. Um, the Dodgers, I mean, the Dodgers can always do it, so it almost doesn't seem crazy when they do it. But uh, the, Phillies, the Phillies. Any any big Diamond names backs, maybe. sign? You think? But like, why would they have traded Goldschmidt? If well, I think they're going the other direction. I think they would go in the other direction. They would right. just trade every. The, the, there's already a rumor of David Peralta uh, to the Braves. Well, like AJ Pollock. AJ Pollock Pollock's could sign. Agent. Oh, is he a free agent? Yeah, he's free agent. That's uh, part of the reason they're stripping down. Yeah, that w- that makes sense. What about Zach Vegas, Granke? Right? Yeah, Granke. If they could trade him, I feel like, I feel like Granky is the type of guy who would have a no trade clause and be like, I'm yeah, not. It's limited. The Red Sox are on it. There's like 10, 15 teams. Yeah, it's it. I want to say it was like 20 teams almost. It was like more than half the league. Yeah. So it, it was substantial. But I mean, that's not yeah, the same man, and I feel somewhere. like he was like, I will live in Scottsdale. Well, most of the time they put those limited no trade clauses. It's always the big market teams because then they'll. They'll talk to the team and say, I'll waive this no trade clause if, if you like make an option guaranteed or extend my contract a little bit. That's usually why they do it. Right. 
Not that the Red Sox aren't trade for Greinke anyways, but... No. Uh, but anyways, Harper, I think, is going to sign this week. Really? Because it's in Vegas. He's got to sign in Vegas. He's a Vegas guy. I like that. Where do you, do you think Phillies? I guess... The White Sox like, are like sneaking around in there, though. The White Sox? Yeah, they're in. Uh, no, never, uh, never, never, never going to happen. I not, not in a million years. I don't know. Like the Padres jumped in on Hosmer. I, I know that's a different thing. Hosmer but... is not Bryce Harper. No, but I think the White Sox are in that spot where it's like they want to go into their rebuild. I don't think it's no. going to happen either. Their biggest free agent ever no. is Jose Abreu. I spent just... so much time at that baseball stadium, and I can tell you, Bryce Harper is seeing that baseball stadium. He's not playing. See, Bryce Harper, I feel like, is just going whoever gives him the most money. I don't believe that. I believe that that's true only as a function of market size. Chicago's but, a pretty good market. Yes, but I feel like the Cubs will give him more. There's, I don't think yeah, there's any way he goes game. anywhere. Also, oh, the, South, so the Cubs are the Chicago team. The White Sox are not. They're a Chicago. Yeah, that's true. I guess I don't really know Chicago very well. I've never been. That's right. I didn't go to college there for nothing. I'm done. I know a lot about Amherst. I'm the only hockey team in the country for another day. Oh, really? Oh, I haven't done that on your Twitter, Matt. I'm so excited, man. (laughs) This is like the greatest thing. I'm, I'm considering the Frozen Four. But Where it's is in it Buffalo. this year? It's in Buffalo. Of course, okay. they're good the year. It's in fucking Buffalo, so I don't know if I'm going to go. Well, it, it could be in Minnesota. Be it could be in Minnesota. That would be much At least work. Minnesota, I could, like, travel. Oh, you could make a week. You could make a trip. Yeah, of it. Buffalo is, like, close enough where it's not that much travel, but it's also miserable. It's not exotic, and it's and as long as it can get without being exotic. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. There's one Anyways. hotel in Buffalo that you need to go to, apparently, that's right near the airport. So I'll, I'll give you the details when you, uh, this when you is decide true. to make the trip. We were driving to uh, Chicago because that's where my mom's family is from Christmas one year. And we stayed at a hotel in Buffalo. It, it, I think it was near the airport. I don't know. Um, and it was the day before a football game. And the Bills were staying there that night. And I saw Bruce Smith, Thurman Thomas, Joe Kelly, all those dudes. Joe Kelly. Um, it was awesome. Jim Kelly. Jim Kelly, that's right. Yeah. Joe, <laughs> Joe Kelly, I've only uh, seen in the guy in our baseball league who looks just like him and on television. Uh, shall we get to some listener questions? No, I want to talk more about my past. Okay. <laughs> no, no, no. Go for the listener question. All right, so we have three questions on Rafael Devers, which we'll kind of take all at the same time here. Uh, first one from Vance Mack, and he says, can you discuss why Devers is not Middlebrooks 2.0? Actually, quite a few parallels in their first two years, but lots of reasons to be more optimistic with Rafael. Uh, Matt, you want to take this? Um, age is a big one. I'm trying to – Middlebrooks was 23 – when he debuted, how old is how old is Devers? Twenty. Twenty. Oh no, he was twenty-one last year. Still, that's two years younger. He was twenty when he debuted, season. right? Yeah, twenty when he debuted, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that's a huge difference. And Middlebrooks was never the prospect that Devers was. 
Like, Middlebrooks is the number one prospect in the system, so we remember him as higher than he was. But he topped out. He made lists one year, and he was right in the middle of the top 100, right at the start of the back half. Uh, Devers topped out as a top 15, top 20 guy. So, yeah, and I, I mean, think- obviously he could go that way. You don't, I don't know what's going to happen, but um, there's plenty of reason to be more optimistic about him. That speed, that's like the biggest thing that stands out to me. Like Middlebrooks just, just had a Canadian a- accent for a second. <laughs> I don't know how that happened. Uh, Middlebrooks was like a, your trick, your sort of traditional quad A bad ball hitter. Yeah, he had a super long swing. It was almost loopy. Devers can hit good balls. As yeah, a I mean he turned on Chapman. I yeah, mean, Devers. That's... Um, it. I mean. Just watching, like looking at the stats, you can say, you can say, oh, it's only two years. I feel like that's a huge difference. But also, comes down to watching. And when you watch Middlebrooks, there's this. It was always uh, the idea that like you're doing as much as you can right now. And with Devers, he uh, that that boy can hit. And uh, he's going to be around for a long time. So he's better, but he's just not married to Jimmy Bell. So, you know, that's the, that's the main difference. Yeah. Middlebrooks came up in 2012, too, right? Uh, so he was doing the start. I'm pretty sure he came up in the Bobby V year. So that was never going to work. No, everything from that year was poison. Except for Andrew Miller. That's true. Uh, next one on Devers uh, from Kamish says, if Devers continues to struggle in the field, would they ever trade him? and go all in as we expect them to. We mentioned trading him last week, but the only name we mentioned trading him for was Syndergaard, or two weeks ago, I should say. Do you, I mean, it would be a huge name if they ever were to trade Devers. It's a short list. It's a short list, but Syndergaard would do it. Yeah. yeah I mean, there's definitely guys on the list, but... Uh, Kluber, maybe? I don't know about Kluber. I think you need, like, a guy who's still like pre-free agency especially for a pitcher i don't Um, think kluber's got a very expensive contract though yeah but he's older he's 32 yeah i don't think they trade devers for a 32 year old um trying to look up his contract because i thought it was kind of expensive it's uh seven yeah bregman obviously yes yeah, Clover's contract isn't too. It's 17, 17 and a half, 18. But That's the last two years money. Are, yeah, and the last two years are options too. That's not as fast as I thought it was. But yeah, no, I mean, I don't think they would do. I don't think they would do it ever. I said this the last time, but Dombrowski is obsessed with Devers, so I think I would be very surprised if they ever traded him. Next one here comes from Devers Defender. He says, "Where do you guys think they'll put Devers in the lineup? I'm thinking he puts up big kid numbers next year." Uh, that's an interesting question. Is he like sixth or seventh in the lineup next year? How far down is he? Five to seven. Yeah, I think he's probably six, seven, depending on. I mean, it really depends on what they think of Pedroia, I guess. Right. So I think the catcher and uh, Bradley are probably going to get the last two spots, and then we know the top four. First baseman's probably going to get the fifth spot, so then it's six or seven between Pedroia and Devers. Do you think Bradley at nine is – or eight and nine is just like, that's it? That's yeah, happening. it's super weird. 
I think that's just how it is now. Like, I used to fight against it and say, oh, no, he can hit anywhere and, like, fight against the numbers being better there. But at this point, just do whatever works. Like, you know it's going to be streaky or whatever, but just hide that in the bottom. And then when he's going nuts, at least he's in front of Mookie and all that. I like him at nine. I like Bradley at nine. The only issue is, like, if any time, like, the game ends on the eight spot with, like, Sandy Leon waving at a pitch and Bradley in the on-deck circle, it's kind of infuriating. But You know how they can prevent that? Not using Sandy Leon? Yeah. Sign Yasmani Grandal. It's not going to happen. Gordon Comstock has our next question. He says, what kind of career would Kopech and Moncada have to have uh, to make make you regret the sale trade? Ugh. That's... Um, would he kidnap my children? <laughs> because then maybe, uh, then maybe that. No. Maybe Hall Chris of Fame careers, but I wouldn't regret it. Do you remember when Chris Sale went out to pitch the last inning of the World Series and the bullpen stood up and applauded? Like, what would you trade that for? Almost nothing. Yeah, I, mean, I don't see any. And that's on top of everything he does. No, no. Yeah, they got a World Series, so I don't think I would regret it no matter what kind of career. Not these only guys that, have. I want them to be good. I like them. Like, if they can just have brain farts against us, that's fine. But um, I would like Moncada to be a more well rounded player. I like Kopech to just be healthy, just to watch the dude pick. I like baseball. Yeah, um, I'm excited to watch a healthy Kopech. I hope that he recovers, but I have zero faith in Moncada. I actually don't think he's ever going to be a great baseball player. I'm still a Moncada believer. I don't I'm going to be until I die. I don't think he's going to be great. My whole thing, my thing the whole time is that he is just another Adam Jones, which Adam Jones I don't think is not damning with fate praise. Like some people just become good baseball players, and that's fine. Moncada's a freak. He's a physical freak, but he's a passive freak at the plate, too. He doesn't swing at anything. That's his problem. He actually wasn't as bad as I thought he was last year. 97 WRC plus, two wins on Fangraphs. Jake, I understand what you're doing here. I just understood that. Because he he swings at everything. No, he actually really doesn't. But he strikes out all the time. He strikes out a lot, he but he actually doesn't swing at enough pitches. He's actually too passive. Uh, well, that sounds like a fixable problem to me. It could be. Yeah, but you know what? I think he's going to be a stud. Thing. He's still only, what, 23? Yeah, 23. 23. He's 24 next year. I mean, I've, I've been on Mikado. I can't stop now. Mm, I don't believe Ben Jacobson has the next question. He says, who do you think the Red Sox should sign to bolster the bullpen and for how much? Uh, and we'll skip the second part because he was asking about Evaldi. Um, what do you guys think? Are we? Uh, do we have any outside-the-box predictions for relievers? I don't know if it's outside the box, but uh, I'm probably going to write about him this week. I don't think I've mentioned him yet. Uh, Sergio Romo is the guy I've always liked, and I think he could be pretty cheap. Um he would be kind of, if I said before, I want them to sign like a top-tier guy and a second-tier guy. He would be the second-tier guy. Brian, you got anybody? I, I was listening. I was like, God, Matt, keep talking. Just keep Sorry. talking about reviewers. Um, I like Sergio Roma. That would be a – that would be one of – like, uh, to me, 
when we got Eduardo Nunez and people were like, oh, he's fine. Um, not that he was great last year, but the year we did get Eduardo Nunez. Um, he is similar. He's like a he's a good clubhouse guy, like Nunez too. Yeah, and yeah, like, and brings something to the table. He's yeah, well, yeah he's very good. He's the guy who got uh, the Tampa relievers to kind of buy into the opener stuff. Yeah, I was gonna say he's like the guy. He is the like the the patient zero of that. Yeah. Um, that would be a that's a good guy, but I think that it will flow downhill from even if not like in who they get flows downhill from the top person i think that they will the first thing that's going to happen is they're going to sign a good reliever no offense sergio romo um and then they will sign up an other one see i kind of think they're only going to sign one guy i just want them to sign two but i feel like they're more comfortable than with, the, with what they have, then they probably should be. But. Sounds good for my boy. Well, why don't they just sign Ottavino and then bring up Durbin Feltman right away? I don't think Feltman's – I wouldn't count on that. So I got to say, I was listening to uh, the Sox Prospects uh, podcast, and they uh, talked about Feltman like he had potential closer stuff and that, that stuff they think could play – right now at the major league level i'm not worried about his stuff at all i'm worried about him just kind of getting another month or two adjusting to being a pro and like not having him come up with all these world series celebration cold weather right at the start of the major league season i wouldn't want to do that to him right away so why why sign a guy then why not just put in like a, a body, like one of the bodies that you have, one of the very many bullpen bodies and just pitch because with that Because he can sign guy. somebody better. Right, but if you're planning on bringing him up, you know, two months into the season, just do that. Sure, but then you could have all of them. What do you mean? You couldn't have Feltman if the guy that you signed was taking his roster spot. I mean, you can have, you can get rid of like Hembry or Thornburg. There's other roster spots. There's, you can carry seven relievers, so... Get as many good ones as you can, and then figure it out later. That's okay. the way to build a bullpen. Okay. Okay. Uh, I mean, I've always assumed that Feltman's going to be up in Lakins at some point too. Although Lakins, I think, is getting a little overrated. But you know what happens when you assume, Matt? Sometimes you're you usually. Hold on. You're usually right. Thanks. That, that that's that's my take on it. Okay. Because I I find the thing to be wrong because when you assume you're you're most of the time you're right that's why you're assuming. so our next question comes from jake and he you, asks jake. us to uh rank the likelihood of signing with the Sox and level of interest in the following relievers kimbrell kelly Britton, soria miller Ottavino, robertson and herrera you to rank all these to rank all of them in terms of likelihood of signing and interest in signing with the Sox. I think likelihood is probably kind of difficult for us to do, but maybe we could do these guys in what order we would take them in. It's almost, well, not take them in, but in the order of likelihood, it almost seems reversed. I mean, not that Herrera is the most. Uh, I think Herrera is pretty damn likely. Yeah. yeah. So, like, it seems like the guys that were that you said at the end of the list were the guys that we're really looking at. 
Yeah, I would probably put Britain as least likely, followed by yeah. Miller, followed by Kimbrell, followed by Kelly, then Soria, then Robertson, then Herrera, and I would say Ottavino most likely. And that would oh, be. Oh, I think order. you're. I think, I think Kelly is way further down. Way further down than I had him. So that was my reverse order. Yeah, this is so confusing. I don't know what's going on. So, so why don't we just do this? Who are your top three most likely from this group? Most likely they sign. Most likely, or and your top three most interested. All right. Well, most likely I would go Robertson, Kimbrel Herrera. My interest. Uh, Kimbrel, Robertson, Ottavino, I guess. These guys are all pretty close. Herrera and Soria, I think, is pretty close to them. Herrera's not too, too far behind. I like Soria. He's underrated. Yeah, I love Soria. Brian, how about you? Who's your top three? I'm, I'm operating under the assumption that Kimbrel's not. Um, not that that's right, but I feel like if we got to this point, um, I'm just not confident because what Matt sees correctly, I think, in Kimbrel, some team will see in him that is not the Red Sox and will pay for it. Maybe they're in Atlanta. Maybe they're in a different city. Um, but I like Herrera. I like Adovino. Um And like then Robertson or Soria. I feel like those are just, I feel like those four, you could rotate between the three of them for me. And those would be my choices. Yeah, for me, I would go Adovino number one, Robertson two. Really? And shocked by that. Soria three. He's a big, he's a big fan. Yeah. Huge fan. Uh, where would you have? All right, where would you putting money aside? Where would you have Kimber on the list? I'm just curious. Uh, money aside, I'd probably have him after Ottavino and Robertson. Crazy pants after Robertson. Yeah. I can see Ottavino because he's a psycho. That is absurd to have him after <laughs> Robertson. I am so mad right now. <laughs> oh my. God. All right, I got no patience Go for to his Target. Yes, Sunday night, though. Do you know what Adam Ottavino walked two years ago? I don't give a shit. He's a different pitcher now. So do you know what Kimbrough. he walked last year? Yes, the I do, actually. The exact same as Kimbrough. The exact same for nine innings as Kimbrough. Whatever, Maybe one-tenth of a batter less. I still like him better. Noel Porter has our next question. He says, assuming so DD gets two more relievers... Who do you want him to get, and who do you think he gets? Uh, we can't answer that. We just did. Um, next next one says Hector postseason mode. Uh, that's who asked the question. He says, which free agent reliever can Boston sign to close games? And then Stephen Nichols just commented Adam Ottavino, so we'll go with that. Uh, Craig McCormick has our next one. He says, where does Kimbrell end up, and how, how much and how long? Who replaces him if he leaves? And could the Sox trade Porcello before he leaves as a free agent in 2019? They're not going to trade Porcello. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, I don't think they trade him either. So we'll disregard that part. We, we can easily, we can, like, as 
fatalists, fatalists as uh, estimation of legacies. Um, we can uh, poo-poo innings pitched, or at least downplay them when we're talking relatively about the best pitchers in baseball. But to a team that is, actually needs to go out there and play the games, that is huge. And just the mere upside. I feel like to them, the mere upside of Porcelain uh, pays for everything, given that he always goes out. Um, so I feel like there's zero chance they trade him. Well, also, also they're not going to get anything. Unless Bobby D comes back to manage and kills the team <laughs> in six weeks. Now that getting anything for Porcello that would help in 2019 more than Porcello would, and you don't, you're not trading for the future right now. That would just be dumb. Should we pick a home for uh, Kimbrel? Mm, yeah, I mean, probably should since it was the question, right? Yeah. I'll just, just go Atlanta. I'm not going to overthink it. I'm going to say the Angels. I'm going to go Philly. You think Philly is just going to go ham? I think Philly's going to go insane. You think they're going to go Machado, Harper, uh, Kimbrell? Oh, that would be bananas. I think so. I could see them getting two of those three. I don't think they would get all three. I think they're going to do it. They're going to go absolutely ham. You think they're going to at least get two of those three? I think they're going to get... I think they're going to. I think they could. I think they're going to get Machado for sure, and I'm kind of thinking that the Dodgers are the front runners for Harper, but I could see it. I just, to me, Bryce Harper, it's like if you get your chance to make your name, or not make your name, obviously he's made it. Get your chance to go anywhere and all these teams are throwing money. I just see the Cubs. I just see them. I don't think the Cubs are going to throw money. Yeah, I, I see. I understand that. It's just, it's just what I see. All right, next one comes from Tim Hurd. He says, will Swihart get on the field next season and or does he still have much trade chip value? Uh, I don't think Swihart has much of any trade value at this point, no. which is why he hasn't been traded. Um, and I think that something's got to give. So we're just going to have to see how that you know catcher situation plays out. As He's playing gets... somewhere next year. Yeah. I, mean, I don't know where it's going to be, but. Might He's going to be slots. one of two catchers on one roster. Yeah. Ward has our next question. He says, what's the highest the Sox should go to retain Joe, Cy, Kelly if Kimber leaves? Uh, what do they do if both Kelly and Kimber leave? So we, we talked about the second part already, but how high would you go on Kelly? You know, the more we talk about it, the less I think Joe Kelly is coming back. I'd be shocked. I'd give him like one eight. You would give and him someone's one year? Gonna give him, and someone's going to give him one year. Him. Oh, somebody's yeah. definitely giving him more than one year. I wouldn't yeah. give him more than one year. Uh, I wouldn't mind a two-year deal if it was less money than that, but I, I wouldn't want to pay him eight. So I just I don't think that they have enough interest to pay him that much money. I mean, I just – I frankly don't really think he's that good. Yeah, I agree. I don't think Dave Dombrowski thinks he's that good either. Uh, Uno Cinco asks, do we really have a ch- not have a chance at Bryce? First base is calling him. Brian, this one's tailor-made for you. Not that we don't have a chance, that we don't care. Yeah. 
obviously the Red Sox have a chance if they want to be in on someone. Um, I mean, they have the money, right? They have infinity money. Always have money. Yeah. Right. They, uh, but they just signed Steve Fear, so first base isn't calling anyone. Yeah. How many World, World Series, Series MVPs? <laughs> very, very good. Yes. How many World Series MVPs does Bryce Harper have? Zero. Cool. How many first round wins does he have? <laughs> oh, man. You had to go there, huh? <laughs> Corey Honeycutt asks uh, Any chance they extend Mookie this year? Yeah, he's been pretty adamant about not taking an extension, right? I don't. I mean, he has to this point, but. I think a big part of it was that he wanted to get that first arbitration uh, number because that sets the tone for the rest of your arbitration and can set the tone for a contract extension. So I wouldn't expect it. I'd put it at something like 30% or something. But, I mean, I don't think it's impossible. I don't think he's averse to an extension as it's kind of made out to be. Okay. I mean, I'd love to see him get it done. That'd be huge. Oh, Absolutely. Uh, Kevin Bolton has the next question. He says, Mike Napoli, Hall of Famer, Red Sox Hall of Famer, or Hall of Very Gooder? Uh, not even Hall of Very Gooder. Yeah. I love Mike Napoli, but come on. Yeah, that's uh, kind He's of He's a drinking Hall of Famer. Yeah. You see uh, Jeff Mathis's tweet this morning? Or maybe it was last night, but I saw it this morning. Talking about how he was his roommate his first day of camp in uh, Napoli. Walked into his apartment, no shirt and no shoes, an inflatable raft and an open handle of Captain Morgan's. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. He's he's definitely a Hall of uh, Fame partier for sure. sure See, I don't know what uh, I don't know anything about the Red Sox Hall of Fame. So I feel like some team Hall of Fames, like if you're like the a Red Sox Hall of Fame for a long time was harder to get into than the Baseball Hall of Fame because you had to be in the Baseball Hall of Fame to get into the Red Sox Hall of Fame. Is that true? I thought that was just retired it's numbers. Not, I no, no, no. It, it's Hall not true anymore, but it was true. I never knew that. Um, um, never mind. Yeah. So it's, it's no longer true. Um, but uh, you also previously had to only play for the Red I think we uh, should make another category here, though. There, there should be like a hall of guys who will always and perpetually return to the booth for interviews whenever they're Steve around. Steve Pierce did, like even Dave Roberts, even though he's been the manager of the Dodgers for how many years now? Like Dave Roberts is on another level than everybody else, pretty much. Steve Pierce is Steve Pierce, two thousand four. Yeah. <laughs> It's, uh, no one's no one's ever gonna equal the the Dave I Roberts. I understand, level. but Steve Pierce did a lot more than Dave Roberts did. Oh, so totally. I don't disagree. I just like in terms of like folklore, the Dave Roberts story is gonna live on for longer. Yeah, I mean, if you if you wrote it fictionally, that's what you would write. Yeah, that the O four is better than fiction. Uh, Matt Nitson or Kitson, sorry has our next question. He says, what's a surprise signing or trade you could envision Boston doing? Can I just say Syndergaard again? Yeah. I don't really know. I don't think they're going to do it. Manny Machado, baby! Yeah, you imagine? And then trade Devers for uh, Syndergaard? No, then you trade Xander. And then, like, all hell breaks loose. Oh, my God. Jake would die. Yeah, I don't want to think about that. 
Um, you guys think Zan- do you think Xander is uh, going to resign here? Yes. Because I'm not confident. I lean towards yes. I'm highly confident. I'm in the middle, but I'm more confident. I just If he has another good season, I just can't see the rest of sure? I mean, he's very good at baseball. Yeah, I, yeah, I would expect him. So. I'm just going to keep pushing the narrative of how confident I am, and by the end of the season, Matt is going to be completely on the opposite side. <laughs> That's actually how it works. Uh, Ayush has our next question. He says, most underrated player for next season on the Red Sox. I mean, we don't know everybody who's going to be there, but uh, I think the guy we talked about at the beginning of the listener questions, Rafael Devers at this point, is going to be underrated. Because I, I think so many people have been criticizing uh, both what he did with the bat last year and his defense that uh, – oh. He's going to have a good year, and people are going to be a little surprised by that, and they shouldn't be. No, I got I got one for you. Ready? Dustin, Pedro- Dustin Pedroia. Ooh, I like that. I would. I bet. You know, I think you might be right. I think people are so ready to cast him off that they're going to look for anything to complain about. That's what you no, I feel like people think. And I don't think they're unjust. I think casual fans might think justifiably that he's done. But if he plays, I think he'll you'll be like, oh shit! Not only is this guy good, like he's like ass slapping good. You can't miss it. I think you guys know who I'm going to say. Um, Matt Barnes. I love Matt Barnes. He's always underrated. Yeah. He's the Red nasty. Sox already have an elite reliever. They just need to add a one or two more. Red Sox on breath has our next question. He says, dream bullpen. Thornburg, Hembry, Brewer, Pointer, Feltman, Barnes. Who says no? Uh, Literally I, everyone? I say no, for sure. Yeah, you need one bigger name. Now, look, First he, of all, he loves Pointer more than I do. He really does. Um. But you need a. Well, also, was Brazier even in there? Yeah, Brazier wasn't in there. Brazier, I don't know who Brewer is. Who's Brewer? Brewer's the guy they got uh, from oh, the Oh, Colton. Where, Colton, yeah, yeah, uh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, this is a real hodgepodge he put together here. Yeah, yeah. This is I don't like, like it at B all. team. Thanks. Maybe something got lost in translation. He's French. Yeah. <laughs> Perhaps. Kamish. Uh, has another question. He says, do we feel comfortable with Petroy being healthy in 2019? If so, is he leading off? I think he's not going to be that healthy, and I think he'll lead off the first game and then not again. Yeah, that's the plan. I'm marginally confident, but not, like, super confident. Last question comes from Smokey Reigns, and he says... Who is or should be playing second base? Noontime, PD, Marhan. I don't know who that is. Or someone else. Marhan. Oh, is that Marco Hernandez? Oh. That is, that is not going to work. It's a nickname for Marco Hernandez. <laughs> also, there's no reason to think about Marco Hernandez. Yeah, that shoulder is still <sighs> being worked on. That makes on. me sad. Apparently, he's not going to be up for a while. Uh, they're, I mean, they're going to get him a shitload of playing time in the minor leagues, but he's missed two years now. Yeah, he's done. I loved Mike Hernandez, too. 
he was like my favorite guy on the Sea Dogs. You really can't count him as an option at this point. No, but um, I I, I, I think my answer is clear. Don't count out uh, Pedroia. Yeah, I I think it's Pedroia and Holt, and I think it's super weird that he didn't have Holt there, but he had Nunez. Yeah, please no Nunez. Please no. Yeah, don't play second base. No, no. I kind of want it just for the tweets. You just want to be able to complain about it. I didn't really complain about it that much. Come I on. I complained, but it was like, I don't know. I enjoyed the jokes. <laughs> the jokes were always pretty funny about it, so it was worth it just for that. All right. That's a wrap. Uh, if you enjoyed the show, go on, rate and review us. You can subscribe to the show. You can do so on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, anywhere you get your podcasts. You can follow all of us on Twitter. You can follow Matt at Matt R.Y. Collins. You can follow Brian at Brian Joyner, Brian with a Y, Joiner with an I. You can follow me on Twitter at, at DevJake, and you can follow the Over the Monster account at, at Over the Monster. We'll be with you every two weeks uh, until the, the uh, spring training starts, and uh, we'll be with you on call as news breaks. So thanks for joining us today, and uh, we'll see you then. Bye, Anastasia. Go, you mess. Bye.